I'm the worst person to take to a funeral. Would you just cry anyway? I laugh. What the awkward. <laughs> Don't come to my funeral. Welcome to Woken Pretty, the podcast where we dive headfirst into the juiciest slices of pop culture and the freshest toppings of current events. I'm Mira, an ex-corporate baddie that wants to do good in the world, but can't stop talking. I'm Min, a corporate escapee turned podcast producer with a knowledge of random facts and thoughts on everything. Welcome, friends. Get ready to be swept away on a roller coaster ride through the latest entertainment headlines, celebrity escapades, and the trendiest tidbits lighting up our screens and feeds. Each week, we'll be dishing out our takes on the most buzzworthy happenings, from Hollywood glam to viral internet sensations and everything in between. Whether you're in the midst of your morning routine, stuck in traffic, or just need a laugh to brighten your day, Woke and Pretty is here to serve up a piping hot slice of entertainment goodness. So, buckle up and brace yourselves, because we're about to mix up the perfect blend of pop culture and current events zest right here on your favorite podcast platform. Don't miss a single episode, because with Woke and Pretty, the party's just getting started. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to Woke and Pretty. It's your girl Mira, and I'm here with Min. Yes. And we are doing a very fun episode today. Min, I got some questions for you. Oh, down. Okay. Down. You know when you know when like you're with your girlfriends or people that you don't know, and there's these questions that come up, and it's, ooh, I gotta think about it. And maybe you remember it like days later or something like that. Yeah. The thought-provoking questions. I have a couple thought-provoking questions for you. Mm. This could go really well or really terrible that we never air this episode. Are you game? I'm I'm game. Okay, go ahead. Okay, I hate this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who do you sometimes compare yourself to? Oh, I don't compare myself. Not anymore. I never compare myself anymore. Okay, so who did you used to before and why did you stop and what do you do now? And I asked this question. So this is the number two question on this list. It's bucketlistjourney.net. The reason I asked this question was because quite honestly, with the world of social media, like you and I were starting our own business. And I feel like sometimes people are ahead of me or I find people who are doing the same things as me. I've met people on my journey and I'm like, whoa. And then they say things to me like, wow, you have this many followers. I have less followers. And in my mind, I'm like, but you're making more money than me. So it's like that compare game. Yeah. And I've had to shut it down myself a lot for me. Because I don't want to compare myself because I'm different. Uh, my journey's different. And mm-hmm. we tend to forget that. But it's so hard sometimes. I to- I'm totally with you. It's extremely difficult sometimes. I'm trying to think. First of all, when we're growing up, your sister was compared to you all the time. You know that. Yes. Because I was little sister. And yes. I was compared to my big sister all the time. And that irritated the crap out of me. Let me we tell had you. A very- Hold on, though. My sister and I have very different comparison, though. Um, in the sense that my sister's got like a photographic memory. What the hell? Yeah. Mike Ross in the house. Highly intelligent. Um, Does she like suits? Not like suits. Not that she remembers every single word, but she can literally recall things so quickly that I just, there are sometimes I look at her and I'm like in awe, but similar to Mike Ross. I can't explain it because she can explain it better because she can always break down her ability a lot better. But my sister is extremely intelligent. And to give you another idea is that like she'll read something once and be able to recall it eight months later for an exam or six months later for Mm -hmm. an exam. 
so school for my sister became very easy. For me, it was things like the socialization and being able to build those and foster those connections. That became a much, much harder for my sister. We were compared, but not in the same as probably as you and your sister, because our dynamics were different. So my sister's two years older. And mm-hmm. to my five six, she's five one, barely. And she's older so my so... sister's five one too i joke often being like can you reach the pedals on your car <laughs> so we're the opposite though because she's my older sister mm. so it's reverse but she is very smart and the thing is i'm smart too y'all i'm smart too but there is this thing about her when we were kids because she used to be a reader like a huge reader with the mm-hmm. couple books that we had available to us she learned to read probably when she was three, maybe an early age, and she still is a big reader. She just she can sit in the live. You, you ever seen that Twilight Zone episode where the guy just wants to read? And then in the Twilight Zone, he finally gets into a place where an apocalypse happened and he's in a, a library of books and it's just all books around him. And he's so happy, but then his glasses breaks. Yep. That would be her. That would be her. And me too sometimes, but mostly her. So she's just like this really intelli- highly intelligent, speaks up has a temper type person, but she was always this very petite, 93 pound, five foot, barely five one girl. Mm-hmm. And then I grew up pretty tall. I was like five four, five six growing up. Junior high school for me was a thing. And I wasn't fat. I wasn't even chubby. I was just curvy. Mm-hmm. Well, softly curvy. I didn't work out. And we were. I was always told I was fat compared oh. to her. And I've had people say to me, why can't you be more like your sister? We used to volunteer at a nursing home and people loved her. And they loved me too. Different people loved me, but I'm more of an outgoing personality. And obviously I'm two years younger than her. So I was like 12 and she was 14. So clearly the maturity level was different. Person who I'm referring to, whose name I don't remember, I don't care. And she she literally said to me, why can't you be more like your sister? And I said, because I'm not her. No. It really hurt my feelings and I left. Yeah, I don't blame you. It was really hurtful at that young that age. It was really like, hurtful. And though in yeah. your formative years like that, no. But you're the adult. I'm volunteering my time here. Y'all even paying me. And I'm trying everything to do games with the residents that live there and talk to the elderly and all that stuff. And you had the nerve to say that to me because you would prefer my sister over me. That's how I took mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it actually was a situation where she would rather my sister than me. And because I couldn't do something that she wanted in the way she wanted. She was, my sister was her favorite. And I think it triggered me because when I was growing up, my grandmother, my dad's mom, they favored her so much compared to me. And I think I took that as they didn't like me. I was a lot younger and I would cry to go home. And, but the thing is when I was there, they would just dote on her and ignore me. So I don't think they hated me. I think it's just, they just loved her so much. (laughs) Like the older kids sometimes. So we were always compared I was always lacking. And then when we went to high school, she went to the super smart school in Brooklyn. Blah, blah, blah. And I went to a very, not so smart school, but a very highly artistic school. And I had to take a test, had that portfolio, got in. And you know what? I was in the top five in my class. Okay. For you. I was in the top five in my class. I didn't even freaking try. I took AP classes and everything. And she wasn't even in, like, maybe she was 96 or something. Okay. She was. Okay. If you really want to get down to who's smart. And then, but I think people manifest their smartness differently because I would say mm-hmm. you're very smart. But I, I think I am. I'm different than hers, but very different from my sister. Um, mm-hmm. My sister's a nurse. She'll be a nurse practitioner in two years, I think. I don't remember how her schooling for that works, but she's extremely intelligent. I used to get really jealous of my sister because it, school came so easy to her, whereas I had to work so hard to get the grades that I got. 
Wait. But yeah. No, we just have very, oh, and even okay, now, even when I go to visit her, she gets really jealous of the fact that I can walk into my quote unquote closet or my suitcase, grab an outfit and look fully put together. When I was out there, she did a family photo shoot and um, I took her to Sephora so that like somebody could do her makeup for her. And um, she struggles a little bit with feeling like she's put together. Uh, is she overweight? No, but she's got like post baby weight. She's not overweight, but she's definitely got like post baby weight. And she's got like, not, she's not the five, nine hottie pat- patati like you. No, she's definitely no. It's funny because we joke about it often because if I steal her clothes, they fit me perfectly because she's shorter. They're just like shorter on me. But where with her, she could never steal like my jeans, for instance, because I have a much tinier waist than she does. So smaller things like that. Back in the day, though, like when she was super, super skinny, we used to be able to share clothes. But yeah, she's just we've just got very different skills, her and I. So we never shared clothes. Her, she was too petite and we were different sizes always. But it's I, I bring that up because the comparison game starts really early on for yeah, women, especially. I'm sure guys are get compared to their friends and their athletic prowess and all that stuff. But I think it even translates for women into their friendships where you're compared, like your parents, oh, what is this girl doing? Don't hang out with her. Like um, you're better than her or be better this way. Um, so yeah, so that's, so the comparison game is hard now, especially when we're older because we're always pitted against each other. Yeah. Especially women of color, when you think about the work world, when you think about anything that we're doing, there could be more, there could be room for more than one of us guys. It really, there really could. I'm not the wrong podcast for this conversation, obviously. Very Maybe. wrong podcast for this conversation. <laughs> but we believe, uh, we believe that if there isn't room at the table, you create a new table. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whereas I find we were just talking about this earlier. <laughs> There's some, I feel like it's a little juvenile and very early 2000s or even 1990s to be competing with other women at this point in the game. And if you're, again, competition with yourself is one thing. Competition with other women is a jealousy factor that you need to investigate into because again, you will not grow as a person if you don't investigate when you are jealous. So my own opinion, take it or leave it. But I'm hoping because millennials are parents and they're raising their kids a little bit different because the stuff that they had to go through, the unpacking, yep. the fact that we have mental health days now and all the things that the millennials fought for and the, the lack of acceptance rates for the BS from the Gen Zers. I think things will change. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So that was my, that was a big question for me that I was like, okay, cause we're still in this comparison game and will it ever end? Because I feel like it'll never end, but I don't know. I will say this. I, I and listen, I might get a little bit more hate on this, but I cheer much louder for a woman who's winning. I also like will scream at the top of my lungs if she happens to be an ethnic woman who wins. Is there a shred of envy or wow, how come it's not me? Not anymore. If wow. if this was That's 10 years, if this was 20 years ago, like in my early 20s, I probably it probably was like a lot of envy. Not anymore, not now. Not now. When I see representation, I get excited because we, you also have to remember like we, Mary, you and I grew up in an age where we didn't see a yeah. lot of, we forget, are the representation. Forget just, forget just like ethnic, just women in general. Like when we saw, do you remember the day that you saw Halle Berry win her Oscar? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. I remember thinking how big of a wave she created and she wasn't even she wasn't even brown she nor asian she was a mixed woman who happened to look very black i thought um, when she won that wasn't my thought i was like 
She hasn't won one already. Is what I thought. I know. Yeah, I was shocked too. I, mean, I was very shocked too. Listen, no, we don't have to go down to Halle Berry Road because I don't think she's that great of an actress. I'm not gonna lie. I think she's had moments. She's no Viola Davis. Look at me comparing women to women. But I could do that because there are a lot of women up there who are winning those Oscars that deserve it. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. So we're just, we're just noticing that now that like when I see other representation, especially girl, you have no idea how excited I was when I heard Simone Ashley starring Mm -hmm. as Anthony Bridgerton's love interest in the second season of like, that girl is the it girl for me right now. She's yeah. so pretty. I can't stop looking at her photos. It physically hurts me a little bit because she's so, so, if I was a man, oh, I'm telling you. You can girl crush. You can girl crush. She's totally my girl crush. I, yeah, she's, she's, she's so beautiful. She so has I get excited when I see representation. About herself. Oh, yeah. Did you, watch, did you see The Little Mermaid? She yeah. was Ariel's sister in Dero, oh, whatever. I know. I was like, can you give a girl some more screen time or another, give her a talking sentence that's not a half a sentence, but she's beginning her career. She has a lot more to come. She's going to be huge. If y'all don't know who she is, look her up. She's beautiful. My, 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 At this point, if you don't know who her, she is, are yeah, you I was going to say, matter of fact, if you don't know her, go watch Bridgerton because... I'm mad at you if you don't like Bridgerton. I love Bridgerton. I can't I, wait I can't. for the next season. I was shocked when the when Queen Charlotte came out. And I was like, wait, what's this? Because this is not a book. This oh is gosh. not a book. Okay. I read girl read all the books back in the day. I read all of them. Like you when read I was all Bridgerton books? When I was a teenager, they weren't called Bridgerton books. They were just romance novels. And it was the Bridgerton family. And I'm like, oh, oh. there's a romance novel for all of them. I'm gonna read them all. Some of them aren't so nice. I don't like the one brothers, but whatever. I finished. I didn't. What book am I I'm on? interested to read them now. I bet you the way I read a romance novel back then versus now would be different. Oh, so- I'm on Hyacinth's story. Not Hyacinth's. I read Eloise. Hyacinth's story is interesting. I'm on Gregory's oh. story. Gregory's the artistic one? No, Benedict's the artistic one. I didn't like Benedict's I didn't story. Love Benedict. His was boring, man. I was like, I was like, this is just... And listen, don't get me wrong. I love the Cinderella story, but there was just, there was just no... Yeah. And listen, in the show, I love Benedict. Ah, It made me upset that his book wasn't better. I really hope the season with him is better. But they released a photo of Colin Bridgerton. Because you know how every brother is stepped up during their season. Oh, my God. He's so pretty. (laughs) And I'm not even a Colin Bridgerton fan. I love the actor. Mm, mm. But yes. We digress. We digress, Woken Pretty yes. audience. We we apologize. Yeah, what else you Clearly got there Bridgerton for? fans. Ooh. All right, my next question is, crying. Do you think crying is a sign of weakness or strength? Strength. I say weakness for me. It's, really? This is like messed up. This is so messed up because it's from- That is some trauma speaking I'm to I'm not you, saying I had a hard knocks life, but I'm saying my life wasn't so amazing growing up that- the crying is a sign of weakness to me because it's showing that you can't control your emotions and controlling your emotions. This is really messed up and I probably need some therapy shows that you're controlling your actions and your your feelings at that time. I was very good at compartmentalizing my emotions when I was a lot younger. Now I don't have to, I've gotten better at it, but the crying when that happens to me means that you're not in control. The other person has the upper hand and you're losing the situation. And I get mad at myself for that. Oh. That's how I see it. 
yeah you yeah girl you need therapy (laughs) yeah Uh, that's a deep-seated yeah girl you need to talk to somebody see for me crying is you just said it you're like you can't handle your emotions because you've been holding them in for too long crying is usually the pinnacle and a release that needs to happen so no it's for me it's no longer maybe two for me because it takes so long for me to get there I also (laughs) I can't be the only one who does this I'm laughing about it because did you watch Fuller House when they re-released I saw a lot of it like the first season and a half and then I stopped in Fuller House one (laughs) one of the episodes they tell I don't remember why, but Stephanie is DJ. I'm not you. I know about the cookies hidden away for your Thursday afternoon cry fest. And I laugh about it because I'm so glad that she can't be the only one who does this because I do this too. I literally will lock out a day <laughs> to cry. I will put on sad movies like The Notebook. Love Actually is another one that I will throw Wait, on when I need cry to cry. for those two movies? Or? And I will bawl my eyes out because I need to cry. I don't understand. <laughs> this is such a foreign thing to me. Wait a minute. Let's let's backtrack. <laughs> Are those crying movies to you? The Notebook really is. Like the ending? Yeah. But you cry for joy for- and happiness. A little bit. A little bit of everything. Yeah. But so the even crying throughout re- the movie, knowing, like, when I first watched The Notebook, I bawled like a baby. When I found out that I was like, oh my God, that's his wife and she has Alzheimer's and then he spent every... Why are you ruining for people who've never seen that movie? You just told a whole ending, girl. I only oh. saw that movie. I never saw that movie from the beginning. You never end. saw The Notebook? I've seen The Notebook. They show it so many times. I've seen pieces that I've patched it together. So I know what the ending is. Like I know I've never seen it from beginning to end in one sitting. All right, one, I'll put it in the show notes that I like apparently gave it away. But yes, girl, you... How... okay okay Okay. whatever anyway Uh, yes cry to me is power i would not go for a joyful cry though if i was going to do something like that i'd want like the sad crying okay so i also have a hard time sad crying sometimes okay and if i'm at a funeral like i'm the worst person to take to a funeral would you just cry anyway i laugh what the hell don't come to my funeral hey don't take me to a funeral who's taking people on dates to the funeral anyway come on no I get really sad because other people are sad and I want to cry even if I don't know the person that's how Mm -hmm. I am I'm not really good with death I'm not good with death but I can't put it (laughs) jeez my goodness all right, we're moving on from this question. We're moving on from this question because I don't know. I don't know. We're we're two different sides right here, and I'm not sure how I feel. Now I feel like I need a cry day. Oh my God. Okay, okay, go on. What's our next? But is that a waste of a day? I don't get it, honey. I don't do it for the whole day, but I'll make an afternoon or eat. A what Saturday the hell evening, else would you do for the rest of that day? Or the- I'll clean my apartment and then I'll order in food and then I'll sit down and I'll have a good. Cry that sounds like a whole day. That sounds like a whole day prepping for a cry fest. I'm gonna. I'm be not judging you. Meeting. I'm not judging you. I'm just trying to understand. Wait, 
I haven't done that lately, but don't, doesn't life become too much? And you're just like, oh my gosh, I need a day. And that day. All the time. But I don't cry. I will literally do exactly what you've done. I will not clean, but I will get junk food and I will sit with a blanket and I will have the nice movies on, the whatevers. And I'll watch it and I'll waste a day, but I don't cry. I don't release the crying. Let's move on. Because I I don't understand. Okay, okay. I want to know if other people do this because you just got validation that somebody else did it. I've never heard of it, but wow. Okay, cool. I like if that works for you, that's awesome. Comment below. Mm. You do it. Mm. Is it possible to lie without saying a word? Is that where it goes where omission's a lie? Because like your silence can be the lie? No, because I think silence beats volumes, in my opinion. So so it is possible to lie without saying a word. Yeah, because it yes. If you're silent, you're either strategically thinking as to how to answer the question. Because I go silent if I need to find a way to tell you nicely that what you're asking for is not the the response you're about to get. I have learned to stay silent when I know it's an important moment and I have to be careful what I say because I tend to speak without thinking sometimes or I used to do it a lot. And I've learned in my career, got to control that. I've gotten in trouble so many times for that and the really terrible way so many times even in personal life and you can't take back what you've said so sometimes when there are difficult situations in front of me and I don't know how to tell the truth or say the truth in a way that's going to make sense to you I tend to be quieter Mm. but it's okay because people usually like struggle to fill in space so they'll just talk more I've learned and I'm a talker yeah so okay Ooh. okay Next one. Mm-hmm. If you had a friend who spoke to you in the same way that you sometimes speak to yourself, how long will you allow this person to be your friend? Because you, you know we're our own worst enemy. We are so hard on ourselves. Girl, if I had a friend that would tell me the things that I sometimes tell myself. She's not my friend for very long, I'm going to tell you that. First of all, that's number one. But number two, there are so many people out there that grew up with just knowing that it's usually like a sister or or like a mother or an aunt or somebody who they're close with that's literally giving them those negative thoughts and negative reinforcement that it's hard because and they do it outwardly they'll they might be polite or whatever but you're getting that really messed up trauma from their life to your life because how they were treated is how they you treat people how they treat people Mm-hmm. Am I making any sense? Like, for instance, I just said, told you this, the the story of my sister and our. I was not overweight or anything, but I was fat compared to her. Mm-hmm. How, why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you look more like your sister? Oh, you're fat. You need to lose weight. Just get skinny like your sister. To a 14-year-old. Yeah. Oh, sorry, 12-year-old, 14-year-old. So it's, it's funny because like my... These are people who I grew up with or people around me in our culture. And it's so normal to them. They are also the size of houses. Like they are also not perfect, but you're always too fat or too skinny. You're never in the middle. Girl, do you not remember the Barbie movie? Sure do. Where, uh, Wait, which part? I fell asleep for half of it. Which part? <laughs> I might not remember it actually. Where America Ferreira uh, is talking to Margot Robbie. Her monologue? Her monologue, yeah. Right. She, you can't be too That bad. made me cry. It was beautiful. That was, 
I didn't see Barbie it in the movie. Might be another movie that I could. No, it's too no. funny. I die laughing every single time. I was asleep when America Ferrera did her monologue in the movie Good. theater, but I saw it as a clip. I actually read it first before I saw that piece. I, I read what the monologue was and I like genuinely teared up and almost cried. Beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful monologue. It's not the beauty of it. It was the truth of it that got me. Yeah. I felt it. I was like, stop talking about me, America. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. What else are we doing? What else? Do you have any thought provoking questions for me, man? No, but I have a couple of icebreaker questions that I love doing. And there's some of them are like ones that I use on a date or dating apps. (laughs) Okay. Tell me your favorite two. Okay. So if I want to find out a guy's personality, I use this. And Jillian Michael did this on, I believe, season five of The Bachelor. Wait, Jillian Michaels? Isn't that the exercise lady? Oh, so it's not Jillian Michael. It's Jillian Harrison. Jillian, I don't know, whatever. Okay, Jillian Michaels is the chick that did The Biggest Loser. That's it. But no, this Jillian Harrison, I think. She's Canadian. Don't come for us for fact-checking, guys. It's Jillian something. I get my Jillians mixed up. I'm sorry. It's okay. She did this with one of the bachelors. She brought him in to, but what do you put on your hot dog? So if you're at a baseball game and all the condiments for the hot dog are laid out in front of you, what do you put on your hot dog? Yeah, I wouldn't eat the hot dog. I don't eat hot dogs, really. Unless I make yeah, it. We wouldn't be going out on a date. Do they have turkey dogs? I'll get a turkey dog. Okay, fine, girl. Turkey dog. What are you putting on your turkey Ooh. dog? Ketchup, mustard, onions. Ooh. Oh. And I would still kiss the person. Like... I would still kiss the person with my onion breath. Oh, a girl who knows what she wants. That was a very quick answer. But I truly believe that like how a person views life or how what the person puts on their hot dog is how they view life. Why? If they like it plain, what do you what do you think about? I don't go out with them. Ah! And if they put like everything in the world on it. He's up for adventure and will try anything. So I'm down. Oh. And if it's only ketchup or and mustard, he's too traditional and won't. I'm very traditional-ish. That was very extremely, but then you put onions on your I put my onions on it. Raw onions. But you know what? If it's cooked, that's okay too. Yeah, that's a little, it's a little flavor. Oh my God, I like that question because it's true. I'm so traditional, but I got the flavor. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if someone's all chili and this and that? How do you eat that? That's so nasty. It's- it goes everywhere. <laughs> Why would you put all this? People love chili dogs. I don't like mess. How do you eat a chili dog with your hands, though? Do people like. Yeah. Or. Yeah. yeah. It's, a- it usually comes in a bigger butt. There's usually the butt is bigger. And you have a fork? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you put on yours ketchup the sweet relish like the corn relish hot peppers banana peppers if there was hot peppers i would put hot peppers 100 100 sriracha if there's sriracha and obviously there probably wouldn't be because we're having a shortage not even a shortage i think they just stopped production onions and i'm missing a condiment and i can't see it i can't think of it okay yeah. i put pepper sauce on mine at home when i make them like Ooh. for the summers. Yeah. My mom makes like a pepper sauce. Um, that's delicious. So that's basically the banana pepper. So I get that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever, I don't know if you guys don't have football over there, <laughs> like American football. No, but we watch it. And you go to the stadium, like the MetLife stadium. I'm sure Taylor had this. They do sausage, onion, and peppers in the Hawaiian role in the Hawaiian, wherever you are. It's called a hero. Or oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yo, 
shit's balling, man. I don't even eat stuff like that all the time. And I remember the one time, I, the first time I tried it, I will say I was drunk when I walked in and it was the best sausage, onion, peppers I've ever had. I'm not sure if um, Tay-Tay had that when she was at the game because there's a photo of was- her with a fan and she had chicken nuggets. And what looked well, she was like- in the sweet. She was in the sweet. So the food in the sweet is different. So she had probably chicken nuggets. There was probably mac and cheese in there. They do have hot dogs in there. There's I've ordered everything in that suite before. So many things you can have in that suite. Popcorn. That's a fortune that suite. No, it's not. Honestly, back in the day when I I my company, when my company had it, we did like a half share with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So we had half the year. Yeah. I think it was only a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Maybe it, it's, it might be more. It might be more now, but maybe it was I'm sorry, Barclays Center was $100,000 for a share. That was maybe $150,000. But that doesn't include food and drink and everything. So you do everything, like all your drinks and everything. You can pre-order or you can order it while you're there. And you can obviously refill. And if you own the suite, like if you have it every single event, Mm -hmm. people just leave stuff. Like you leave your liquor and stuff that you don't finish. But if like me and you shared a suite and you had one weekend, I had one weekend. I know it's you guys. So I just leave it. Like I don't care if there's liquor in the suite. Yeah. Nice. Guys, come to me for all the suite info. For the I, know I know it. I know it. What's your other question? If money wasn't a factor and you could do whatever you wanted, what would you do with your life? Okay. So let's go back to when we won the lottery that we didn't play for the almost billion dollars. I know. I thought about that when I was editing the episode. I was like, damn. Yeah, we didn't play. Also, we did had like, win? I think somebody did. Oh. <gasps> We had a free that could have been us. Here. That makes me bad. Thing. It was really bad weather. A lot of things happened here in New York, especially in yeah. Brooklyn. It was real rough. I couldn't get a ticket. Yeah, we saw the videos on, online. It was pretty rough. Ooh, okay. If I could just take my money, I would make my husband quit his job immediately. I would have a private jet and I would just take me, my husband and my son, and we would just go all over the world and have experiences. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I would hire somebody to plan all of my excursions. And I would literally just, when I get out, there's a car waiting for me. Take me to a nice hotel with the best view. Let me live my life. Let me go explore. I don't want to wait on lines. Get me the fast pass everywhere. I don't want to wait on lines. I'll rent out Disney for my son, just us at night with the workers. If I could do that, I would. No lines, all the rides, all the things. Actually, if I had like legit money though, I would rent out Disney if I could and take my whole family and friends. That would be so fun. That looks like so cool. But like <laughs> at night, so it's not so hot. <laughs> Sorry, Florida, you are mad hot. What would you do? My life wouldn't change that much from what I'm doing now. You wouldn't be editing podcasts and managing people and clients, would you? No, I would have more podcasts. I would have a team running it for sure. But it wouldn't look much different than what it, I would do. I would travel a lot more and I would have a lot more experiences, but it wouldn't deviate too much from what is what I have right now. If you want a billion dollars, I, I don't know if you would want to keep doing what you're doing and just travel more. I think you'd want to be a philanthropist. You'd want to give back and help out the way you grew up, the way you like you would probably go back to your community. I'm just sp- not speaking for you, but no, I would. You're do- absolutely right. It's what's funny is you say when that. I say that one of my dreams. 
No, <laughs> that whole plan that open. I just had, that yeah. whole plan that I just had is the first thing and the fun thing, but you don't just explore the whole world and you no. get to give it after a while. You want to give back. So when I'm in these places, I will use my money to give back. I yeah. do want to build better things in schools and give back to the community to be better and prosper. So I would do that. Yeah. I feel like you would too, though. Oh yeah, for sure. My, my goal is to build a home in, in Thailand to have to house as many girls as possible so that they can have a safe place and go get an education. That would be amazing. Yeah. I'm with you. All right, Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah but Oprah school is getting a lot of... Been a... I know, but it doesn't matter what people say about it. She has a ton of girls that went there, were safe, graduated, or doing good things in the world. So it was effective. Come at her however you want, but I'm just saying. No, and, that, and I'm totally with you. But I think what we also tend to forget is that, like, when you invest in women, your the economy does better, mm-hmm. communities do better, mm-hmm. better birth rates. Like, there are so many things, and I think that's completely forgotten when it comes to educating young girls. So, to me, education in whatever form that looks like for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end this episode. Nice mm. message since you're Oprah number two and I forced you into being a philanthropist in your dream. But I know you would be. I, I would, would be. be. Yeah. It would totally would. be. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you'd want to sit and spend hours editing podcasts when you can go and build a school. Yeah. That'd be so nice. Yeah. But I'd definitely be pl- flying around in a private jet. There's no way. I'm telling you, girl, I'm dead with We're trying culture. to save the world, but where you don't care about fossil fuel and all the whatever that is a topic for another time and i don't want to talk about that i'm just living my life okay i'm just living my life don't come at me all right guys thanks for joining us today we'll talk to you tomorrow make sure you follow us and if you've been listening to us for a while leave a review we love seeing those five-star reviews and do yourself a new shout outs for those reviews hell yeah but do yourself a favor and share your favorite episode with a friend we love that okay so we'll talk to you soon bye Bye. And that's a wrap on another captivating episode of Woke and Pretty. We hope you had just as much fun as we did diving into the depths of pop culture and current events. Remember, you're the heartbeat of our podcast. Your support, your comments, and your enthusiasm keeps us fired up and ready to bring you more pop culture goodness each week. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a moment of action. We'd love to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and even your own pop culture discoveries. Connect with us on social media at Woken Pretty Podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We're always thrilled to chat with fellow pop culture enthusiasts. Until next time, keep riding those pop culture waves, stay in the know with current events, and most importantly, keep embracing your woke and pretty self. Thanks for joining us on this wild ride. And remember, the conversation doesn't stop here. So until we meet again, keep spreading the woke and pretty vibes.